Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome back to season six of the Referendum Podcast, brought to you by FinFlamSports.com with your host Big John and lead analyst Jesse J. We are back with another episode of the Referendum. I am your host Big John, brought to you by FinFlamSports.com with lead analyst Jesse J. Jesse, how you doing? Good. How about you? Doing pretty well. Pretty well. An exciting week of week one of the NFL. Many surprises, many unexpected surprises, um, and you know, can't wait for week two to come because we got some pretty, some pretty rad predictions because I don't know who to pick in so many games in week two. But before we get there, let's go ahead and go to the breakdown of week one. Let's start this off with what was the best game of the week? Well, first off, rad, are you from the 1980s? <laughs> <laughs> for me, the game of the week was the Bills and the Jets. It was, it was a game that started out high emotions, Aaron Rodgers' debut for the New York Jets as their quarterback gets hurt early in the game. Zach Wilson comes in. It looks like the Bills are just going to easily walk, cakewalk to victory. And instead, it turns into a defensive slug test. Josh Allen melts down. And the Jets find a way to win the game in overtime. Um, I, I would have to disagree. That well, At least I, I understand what you're saying. But to me, that just had too much junk in it. It was very anticlimactic. It was just not, it was not it for me. The best game of the week to me was between the Miami Dolphins and the, um, the L.A. Chargers. They de- they, Miami defeated the L.A. 36-34 in a, in a wild shootout. And it was fantastic. Um, some bad things, you know, a couple bad plays by a couple well, by both quarterbacks between Justin Herbert and, and Tua. But this was the game of the week for me. See, and my I guess my retort to that would be we see shootouts all the time now in the NFL. And, yeah, there's lots, there's some low-scoring games, but. I wouldn't say that Jets and Bills was a poorly played game. I think it was a really good defense slowing down a really good offense with a Jets defense just kind of laying it on the Bills, especially as you got later in that game. Was it the fact that that the Jets are really that talented on defense, or was it the fact that Josh Allen is just not as great as we thought he was? I think it's a combination of both. I think the Jets have a really good defense. They can get pressure on the quarterback, and also Josh Allen – melted down in this spot. He, We saw the biggest flaw he has, which is 
he plays Yolo ball and he tends to turn the ball over in really bad and really bad spots. In this game, he throws three picks to the same safety as Jordan Whitehead. Late in the game, well, coming in, well, co- co- coming game. into the season, real quick, coming into the season, you would think that he was going to be a good a good quarterback, even just based on flash, regardless of the playoffs. You would still think he would be a top five quarterback coming into the league this year, which I had him at, at in my top five. He didn't look like it. No, I think what you saw from Josh Allen was a lot of erratic play, which is what his biggest flaw has been. I think the issue Josh Allen had was that he was playing hero ball in a game in which he didn't need to. He needed to be more of a game manager, and instead he played hero ball. He turned the ball over four times, including a late fumble that gave the Jets the lead and kind of was the reason that game went to overtime. And then ultimately they can't get it done. The Bills can't move the ball in overtime. They put the ball back to the Jets. Jets get a return for a touchdown, and the game is over. I think what we saw from Josh Allen was the biggest – his biggest glaring weakness is protecting the ball in key spots. Really, the only game he's protected the ball in a key spot in key spots was the shootout with the Chiefs in the 2021 divisional round. Yes. But because Mahomes played so well, they lost that game. If you really look at it, the Bills seem like a team – Destined to kind of rebuild and have having to retool their team. That 2021 was the year they were supposed to make the run, get to the Super Bowl, and whatever happened would happen. But that seemed like it would be their year, and instead, Mahomes just beat you. And yeah, not to get too much into the Chiefs, but the Chiefs ended up losing to the Bengals, and the Bengals, you know, they go and lose to the Rams. But if you look at that year, that was supposed to be the Bill, or that was supposed to be the Bills' year. They had their best team in that season, and. They ended in the divisional round, and I think what you're seeing now is a team on the decline. We're seeing some of the bigger flaws with Josh Allen. We're seeing a team that on defense has some older pieces. Von Miller is still working his way back from the ACL injury. Tredavis White doesn't fully look right after being banged up a bit. I think we're seeing the decline of the Bills, and I think what we're seeing with the Jets is a team that's really good and would be playoff caliber, but they don't have a quarterback. Uh, And obviously – they won't have one this season since Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles. Is Von Miller's that would he have made a huge di- a difference in this game if he was playing? I think he I think he could have, but all, when you think about it, Aaron Rodgers got hurt, and it's not like the Jets threw the ball a ton. It was a lot of short passes from Zach Wilson. So maybe on one play he gets a sack and stops the Jets on their late touchdown drive, but. This would have been a game that if Aaron Rodgers had been healthy, you really want Von Miller for. The fact they lost to the Jets and they were scared to go back with Zach Wilson, I mean, that just that shows you how bad of a game it was for the Bills. You can't lose that game. Correct. Are there? Uh, you're saying that this is the end of the Bills. Do you see them doing anything like getting rid of Josh Allen in the next few years? No, or I, I for the Bills, I just think they're going to have to remake the What did I say? The end of the Bills. I don't think it's the end of the Bills. I think they're going to have to rebuild their team and rethink what they want to do offensively. You, you're, you're paying Josh Allen a lot of money. They're trying to invest money in their offensive line and defensive line. They're, they're going to need to do a little bit what the Chiefs did, which is maybe you trade a couple pieces, you get some draft picks, and you get youth on that team. The Bills right now are just kind of stuck, and they need to inject talent. Well, some of Really, the only way a team that good will be able to inject talent is by accumulating picks and hitting on those picks. So they're probably going to need to remake the roster a little bit if they want to truly contend. Well, I got a clip here from Michael Irvin. I just got to make sure that I can play it, that it's not too bad. And stop let me play it. Let's see. Because he was going off on Sean McDermott this morning. Um, let's see. 
Here's Sean McDermott. Great. Uh, we were all. Yeah, I really felt like most of the night we our first down efficiency wasn't great. Uh, we were off schedule, um, and, and when you're against a good defense, it's it's hard to come back from being off schedule. You got to stay off schedule. First down efficiency is important, so you stay ahead of the chains and and into favorable third down or second down situations to set up a third down. Um, so you stay two dimensional and as an offense, and that's where it's harder as a as a defense to, to know what you're about to do. But when you're off schedule and you're in the, in the gun and you're, and you're, uh, in the drop back game, that's, that's an unhealthy thing, whether you're running or throwing. And, um, you know, obviously the, the goal was there to, to get more than we got out of it, uh, in that run in particular, but, um, just, just not enough on schedule offense. Okay. Real quick. He's going to lose his job. If Josh Allen keeps running the way he is, Josh Allen is making horrible fucking decisions to run the ball when it's like, I think, third and eight or whatever else, or maybe third and 15, if I'm not mistaken, and not even getting anywhere close to fourth down and celebrating. Like, he did something great. I, I didn't understand those plays that Josh Allen was doing. I, I honestly didn't. Yeah, I, I think the biggest issue for the Bills is they seem to lack a little bit of an identity on offense. Um, when you hear Sean McDermott talk, uh, talk, he talks like a defensive coach, a guy who wants to run the ball 40 times, maybe throw some play action in there. But very ball control, a uh, very ball controlled type of game plan. Whereas when you have Josh Allen and you want to throw the ball more, uh, a lot of his passes were underneath, and the few shots he did take downfield were turnovers and just complete messes on his part. I think, I, I think what what the Bills are going to have to decide is 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 Sean McDermott the best coach for Josh Allen and this team, and if so, how can we build this offense to take advantage of Josh Allen's strengths? We're also not just being a heavy reliant on Josh Allen to run the ball because that's that's part of the issue with the Bills is they rely on Josh Allen to run the ball, then they try to and then they'll try to run the ball just straight up eye formation or out of the shotgun, and then Josh Allen takes shots downfield instead of staying on schedule on offense and running more of a I don't want to say ball control offense but just a offense where you can. Dig and dunk, you can take shots down the field. More of a balanced offense, I think. Okay, so here's – I found a clip. I got the clip to go. Um, here's Michael Over talking about how he, he's calling out Stephon Diggs and, and Sean McDermott for their treatment of Josh Allen. Listen to this. It's about two minutes and 42 seconds long. I'm not going to play the whole thing, but tell me what you think about this. Reason, again, but that you were the reason, again. But now I'm going to tell you guys something because I remember I'm the 15 to 17 kids, right? 15 to 17. I remember, remember I got my first bicycle. <laughs> you my I got my first bicycle. I got my first bicycle. It was the bicycle that my cousin John Jr. had down the street for five years, but it was a different color bicycle. I thought it was his bicycle and they were just giving me his bicycle, but they had painted it. But it, John Mike had some rust in this one spot, and they just painted over the rust, you see. And I knew sooner or later, I'm riding that bike. We were in the rain, and that rust came back. I knew there wasn't no new bike. They lied to me. They lied. I went to this kid. They lied to me. I, but I didn't care. I had nothing. I was happy. I knew, and this is why I took the Buffalo Bills out of the playoffs. I knew. Something had been going on mm. in Buffalo. Yeah. And whatever they did, you can't paint over that rust. No. To get rid of that rust, you got to sand it down, then paint it. See, my people didn't know that. They know they could just fool me. They painted over the rust. Real quick, everything you've said for the past few years, he just said. 
No matter how you do, how you fucking doll up Josh Allen, he's still going to be the same player, Jess. Yeah, no, I, I think a lot of it goes back to them losing Bronny DeBall and them having a lack of identity on offense. That they, that I think McDermott wants them to be a run-heavy team, but the only way for them to be a successful run-heavy team is running Josh Allen, which is not great if you want him to be a top quarterback long-term. The other part of it is, okay, if we're not going to be a run-heavy team, then we have to be a more varied passing game. If you watch that Bill Jets game, it, was, it wasn't it was very passing. It was either short passes at the line of scrimmage or deep shots down the field, not really working the middle parts of the field and running different routes. The, the one drive that the Bills had to go down and score a touchdown, they were hitting passes over the middle. I think Gabe, Gabe Davis had a 20-yard catch on that drive. They, they were able to use the middle part of the field and run a different variety of routes. Right. But they don't have an identity on offense right now, and they have some older players on defense. I, I think we're seeing the Bills trying to figure out how they can take advantage of this last year before they have to change things up. Are they going to draft? Or are they going to sign players? I mean, what's the, what's the best thing for them to do? In that scenario. So it's interesting because they have a, they have some older players. Uh, Stephon Diggs would maybe be a trade candidate, but he's getting closer to 30. He might even be 30, but he would be an obvious trade candidate. They don't really have a ton of pieces that I think could get them a ton of value, but I think maybe he's 29. It would, maybe it would start with trading Stephon Diggs or even an Ed Oliver, a Gregory Rousseau, who's a pass rusher. It, they're going to have to do some things to try to accumulate picks and to try to add more talent to this team and make it more complete. Well, they're going to have to make some decisions really quick because they got a long season ahead of them. Um, let's go to the biggest five disappointments of week one. So for right now, for the first one I have is Joe Burrow. Horrible. I'm not even going to say in the Bengals, but Joe Burrow, he went 14 for 31 for 82 yards. He was abysmal. He played horribly. I'm not sure why, if it was the fucking the contract blues or whatever else, but he did not play well whatsoever. Um, their offensive line didn't seem like they were any better than it was in the Super Bowl a few years ago, and he didn't click at all. It just seemed to go be like a theme around the good teams this week. They just didn't do well at all. Um, you have star players on your team. Yeah, well, who they? T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, um, Joe Mixon. I mean, just horrible. Did not do well at all. I feel bad for the fantasy for the fantasy uh, people who are playing or who had them in their team, their lineup. They must have been pissed. That was a horrible yeah. outing by Joe, by Joe Burrow. And Burrow was my number one disappointment as well. Whether it's a combination of his calf or the lack of practice time because of the calf injury. Excellent point. Excellent point. He, he, just, he didn't look right. He didn't look comfortable in the pocket. The Bengals offensive line really struggled. Just, I, I would say at all points. Like it, I wouldn't point to one area they just struggle or one position. I, all, of the, all of their offensive line struggled. The, the time he didn't look there. Burrow looked kind of annoyed. He got hit quite often by the uh, Browns defense. It was one of those things where the Bengals just I mean I mean, is it to blame? Honestly, I, I've heard this discussion already. Is it is is the weather to blame? Which no, I think is, I think, is, is, is an excuse. Is is Miles is Miles Garrett to blame? I mean, I, I don't know what, what the right answer is, but Joe Burrow was a problem in this game. We're gonna find out whether it's whether it was just week one, kinda like what happened last year with the Steelers where they, they lost that game. Although, in that game, Joe Burrow came on in the second half. But they they lose the game to the Steelers week one, and they're able to improve throughout the season and ultimately get to the AFC Championship game. 
or if it's Burrow's calf is actually a problem, their offensive line is going to be a recurring problem, and that they're gonna they're gonna have to kind of change the way how they play, and it'll be a little bit more of a challenge for them this, this year than maybe the last couple of years where you you weren't expected to be great. Even coming off the AFC Championship victory in the 2021 season going into 2022, people still thought, okay, we'll we'll see if they can repeat it. This is the first year with really true Super Bowl expectations. You expect to be at the, you expect to be in the, in the AFC Championship game at bare minimum. And for the listeners, for the, excuse me, for the listeners out there, can you tell them if the Bengals did make any adjustments? To the line and stuff like that that they needed to make the, to make their team stronger, or were they not that that good in the offseason? Well, they added Orlando Brown at left tackle, but if you look at Orlando Brown, he along with uh, former Chiefs uh, right tackle Andrew Wiley, they were they were the top two in pressures given up last year, and some of that it has to do with the way the Chiefs play and Mahomes moved around sometimes takes on pressure so that he can find somebody open. Right. But part of the issue with Orlando Brown, like we saw in this Browns game. It, it, when they play or the Bengals Browns game was that when he loses he loses quickly and Burrow already has trouble dealing with pressure. That when Burrow doesn't see something immediately, he tends to hang on to the ball and take sacks. And that's what really what we really saw in the Browns game was him hang on to the ball. He took sacks. He didn't look comfortable at all. I think the lack of practice time hurt him. And it was really one of those things where I don't I I tend to think it was just okay. Week one, week one and week two, they might look a little bit sloppy, and they eventually turn it on. But there's enough concerns there to make me think. Well, he missed a lot of camp, and he missed all. I think was it all preseason too. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah, that yes. But if you also look at their division, their division is going to be pretty tough. Oh and yeah, there's, there, that, that, that is what. I'm sorry, but that, that's what uh, you and I discussed last week. Um, is third division itself, which I still think is the strongest division in 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 football. Um, because of the quarterbacks they have in it. I apologize yeah, for keep cutting you off, but that's what I just wanted to put in there. And I and I don't I don't think I think the issue with the Bengals is that they don't have the room for error that they've had that they've had in the last two years. The last two years, the biggest issue with the point. North, with the AFC North has been Lamar Jackson getting hurt. And if, okay, so we'll see if Lamar can stay healthy this year. Despite the fact the Steelers got absolutely routed in Week One, I still think they will be an improved team. And we saw the Browns have the, have the defensive line to frustrate Joe Burrow. And we'll have to see what happens with the Browns. And I think we'll get to them a little bit later. But the Browns have a good enough team to beat the Bengals. They've given the Bengals problems the last few years. This is a game they're, when they when they play this game again, the Bengals are going to have to win. I, I firmly believe they're going to have to win, the, win that next Browns game if they want to win the division. Well, there's the, the betting odds. Um, I've seen a lot of people, I've seen it go back and forth, but I, I've seen people bet that week two are nothing but upsets coming up this week, which we'll get to later. But um, this is, that's going to be really interesting. And that, I mean, that's not week two, but I'm just telling you, whenever they do, they do go against each other, they have to realize every game is important because of what you just said. The competition in their division is tough. And like you pointed out earlier, just a second ago, they don't have that, that leeway to, to go 0-3 or 0-2 like they have the past few years and stink it up and then just go on a run. They don't have that freedom to do that. Not anymore. Would you like to add anything else on that one? No, I, I think that summed it up pretty well. Um, okay, so number so number one is Joe Burrow. Number two I have is Daniel Jones. What the hell? What the hell? I'm not saying that you're great. I'm not even saying that you're horrible. But you're damn well decent, and you played 
fucking horrible the other day. So bad. Yeah, he won yeah. fifteen for he won fifteen for twenty eight on um, completions, one hundred and four yards, two interceptions, and was sacked seven times. Nothing went right in that game for the Giants. You, no, the Giants' drive was pretty good. They moved the ball. They got in field goal range, blocked field goal for a touchdown. Then after that, it was just an onslaught of mistakes, and the Cowboys just beating them down. I think I, the. I think the Giants will play better. I just from from the moment that field goal got blocked, nothing went right for the Giants. I think it was one of those games where you don't want to throw everything away because I think the the Giants are a heavily flawed team. I I'm not a big fan of Daniel Jones, but I think the Giants will be okay moving forward because I trust their coach. I think Brian Ball's a really good coach, and I think they will figure it out. I, I could agree with you on that, um, but I need to have a talk with this quarterback coach first and foremost. Um, because if a head coach can't do the job or, or pay attention to or he because he's got so much on his plate, let me talk to the offensive coordinator. But more specifically, I need to talk to that quarterback coach. Why? What did, how did he throw those interceptions? He went to his right. What happens if you're a right-handed person and you you go to your right, you escape to your right, what happens? And you throw the ball, you're taught not to throw the ball across your body. He did that. You cannot do that. He panicked. Yeah, I, I just he think was it, panicked. I just think for the – I think it was a game where the Giants just – they. They got down. They couldn't get things right. And then Daniel Jones started doing unchar- uncharacteristic things to try to get them back in the game. It didn't work. And it snowballed into a 40 to nothing loss. I'm with you. So you have Daniel Jones too, right? Or, or no? no? My second disappointment is Deshaun Watson. I thought he was horrible. What? I, th- I thought he moved around okay. He, he looked a little bit slower than what I remembered him. But his own resources weren't good. He No, they weren't. They weren't. He and some of it, I think, had to do a little bit with the weather. But Deshaun Watson didn't look as sharp as what he looked like in 2019 and 2020. And I think if the Browns want to be the best version of themselves, it it starts with Deshaun Watson getting back to an All Pro level. And if this Bengals game was anything, it was any indication of if he if he could or not. It was no. I think he can do some things moving around. But you're gonna need him to make big throws, and he really struggled in, in this game. Did you did you see any flashes? Because I saw a flash of okay, that's the MVP contender right there. I saw I saw his pocket awareness look like it came back a little bit, but he also looked a step slow. But that it was also like late it. in the game. Also late in the game, he he looked better. Yeah, I think he looked I think he looked a little bit better as the game went on, but he looked he still looked a step slower than what I remembered him being. And his decision making just wasn't there. Maybe it'll get better as the season goes on, but it it, it just it, that would be that's something just to take note of. I think, and to me, it was a disappointment. Well, see, I I would say it gave me flashes of hope for him because he is a top five quarterback. When he's on it, nobody can really beat him. Yeah, he's I, that, I thought- he's that great. But he had he had those moments that were like okay, if he gets this going, you know, and his defense. Okay, to your point, the defense saved him. Yeah, I think you saw the – his defense saved him, and I think you started to see some of his pocket awareness start to come back. I didn't see the actual quarterbacking get there, but maybe it's just a couple games that he needs to fully get back in flow of things. Uh, but the, the pocket awareness looked like it had improved from last year. His mobility, he did – just to me, he looked a little bit slower, and his quarterbacking ability just – his overall just kind of commanded the offense. It didn't look to be there. Cool. And to be fair, he's been out for about a year and a half of football. I just want to put that out there. Mr. Um, Nasty. <laughs> yes. Um, but I hear you on that one. I wasn't disappointed with him as much as I was Daniel Jones or, George, or Joe Burrow, but I hear you on that. 
number, are you ready to go number three? Yes. Number three, the Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurts looked like they were just going through the emotions like RVD is in his matches, in his wrestling matches. They did not show any excitement. They showed no enthusiasm. I didn't see anything from Jalen Hurts that made me say, okay, the man's on the game. He's got it under control. He didn't look he, like he cared to be there. Like I, I mentioned um, two segments ago, this week. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I don't know what it was, but a lot of these top quarterbacks looked like they were just in the motion, didn't care. Just They just weren't there. Yeah, and to, to kind of get on that point, late in the game, the Eagles had a choice. It was, a, it was, I believe, a fourth down and short. They could have either punted the ball back to the Patriots and try to make them drive the length of the field. Instead, they went for it, don't get it, and they gave the Patriots a half field. Now, the Patriots couldn't put the ball in the end zone, mainly because Max Jones is their quarterback. He took a bad sack. But just even – I understand you want your offense to drive your team and that you want to give Jalen Hurst a chance just to end the game on one play. But just the way the Eagles have played all all day, I think you have to pump the ball and. You force Mac Jones to beat you going 80 yards, 90 yards. Instead, yep. of just giving, instead of having the risk of you not converting it and giving him a giving him 50 yards, he has to go for a touchdown. Yeah, they – okay, even towards the, the last two drives, Jess, did you see – honestly, did you see any enthusiasm? They had no hurry up. They had no – no, you know, we got this. They didn't like – they didn't see like seem like they had any love for the game. That's how I felt. It came off to no, people I like that to me. That it felt like the Eagles didn't fully believe they could lose the game until the Patriots got to around like the thirty yard line. Then they get a big sack on Matt Jones and they're able to kind of hold the fort down. But it felt like until that last fourth down stop the Patriots had, it didn't. It, Eagles didn't seem like they felt like they could lose the game until that. Then you could start see the urgency kind of come back in. I didn't see that at all. Um. They're my uh, number three. My number three, and just is who said in the in, about the Bills and the Jets. He just the turnovers. You can't have them. That was a game the Bills should have won easily, and they lost because Josh Allen tried to play hero ball and he made four big mistakes. You said that, uh, I'm sorry, Jess. You kind of cut off for a second. You said it was between the Bills and the Jets. Oh yeah, no, I the, the game between the I picked Josh Allen as my third disappointment, okay. and for some okay. of the reasons we mentioned in the Bills versus Jets segment. It was the issues with Josh Allen turning the ball over in big spots and just him trying to do too much instead of taking what the defense gives you and realizing that the Jets couldn't win that game without you turning the ball over a lot of times. Just horrible. Okay, uh, number four, Josh Jacobs for the Las Vegas Raiders. I've seen people being happy that, you know, 
that he played. I'm like, okay, that's good. But to me, he, how do you have 19 carries for 48 yards? That's it. He looks low. I don't know about I don't know about you, yes. but he looks low. He didn't play well, and he didn't get them to me early on and midway through the game. He didn't give them the yards that he, they needed to fucking, you know, blow the game out. They could have just opened the door wide open for points or at least first downs, and boom, nothing. Yeah, to me, to me, I think it came down to the fact I don't think he really had much of a training camp. He didn't really seem to be in rhythm. He looked a, like he wasn't maybe quite in football shape. Agreed. He looked overweight. And he just it just it just didn't look right. I I think he will be able to get it figured out, but yeah, that's definitely concerning because I don't think the Ra- the Raiders, I don't think they're going to be that good of a team anyways, but their ceiling gets drastically reduced if they can't figure it out with uh Josh Jacobs this season. If he does, how long will it take him? Do you think? I would probably say end of end of September you start to see signs of him improving. Okay. You got who do you have for number 4? The Chicago Bears. They were just to me I was really disappointed in them because I thought they would take the next step. They played a Packers team that I don't think played that well in week one and absolutely just wiped the floor with – the Packers absolutely wiped the floor with the Bears. Jordan Love, I didn't think, played that well, but if you look at his numbers, I mean, threw for 200 yards and three touchdowns, and they it just wasn't even close. Nope. The Bears, they, they, their offensive line looked bad. They looked timid to throw the ball down the field. The couple times they did, they had a little bit of success, but they just didn't do it very often. Correct. Uh, the, the Bears looked like they had regressed offensively. I felt like at the height of what – Justin Fields was doing last year, it was running the ball and taking shots down the field. In this game, it felt like he wasn't really doing anything, and it, it was just a very, it was just a very milquetoast game plan that was basically relying on Justin Fields' his overall talent to, to save the game. Active. And he, and the thing is, Justin Fields not he's not at that level yet. I think he could eventually, but he's not at that level yet where he can just you can just roll the ball out there and he can beat any NFL team. Okay, to be fair, Justin Fields. Is in his second year. Third year. Third year, I'm sorry. At this point, just to compare him to Lamar Jackson, was Lamar Jackson a better player in year three or going yes, into year I, three? Going into year, year three opposed to, you know, Justin Fields? Yeah, you, for year three for Lamar would have been 2020. Uh, in that season, they, I believe, won a playoff game. And, yeah, they, they beat the Titans in the playoffs and lost to the Bills in the divisional round. I yep. think that would be a massive success if the Bears did that this season. I think. I I don't even I don't at this point it, I don't even know if that's a possibility. With how I think it's is. a fair question because that's still, that's the person that people compare him to. Yeah, and 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 I I don't think Fields is there that yet. I don't think he's there yet, but I also think it's on the Bears coaching staff that Lamar, for better or worse, they the Ravens knew what they had in Lamar and they ran him and ran him and ran him. And I don't think the Bears want to do that because I don't think they want Fields to get hurt. But if you're not going to use his arm and throw the ball down the field, he's not at that level of a, even even someone like Patrick Mahomes, where he's going to dice you up with short passes. Fields Correct. has to be a big player. Nothing. He's still big. Fields is still a big player. Nothing quarterback, whether it's with his legs or his arm. If he doesn't do that, then he's not at that level where he can just dissect a team. So, I mean, who, who replaced Matt Nagy? Matt Eberflus. He, I believe, was the defensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts. Do you think that's uh, detrimental to, to his progress? Yeah, uh, it, to me, it looks like they have one of the bottom five coaching staffs in the NFL, and that they probably need to fire them. Wow. Which is a good look for Ryan Poles, who the Bears are really trying to make a lot of moves to put themselves in contention. They trade the number one pick to get DJ Moore, basically, and they don't look anywhere closer to being a playoff team. Now, it's only week one, but you could you could see issues with the Bears' coaching staff and their coaching philosophy. 
and it's something that's going to need to change if they want to win games and be successful. Because if if this is how if the, if week one is an example of how it's going to be the entire season, they need to fire the coaching staff. Absolutely. Um, I'm gonna go to the fifth one. If you're done on that one, yes. Okay. I'm gonna go for my last one for the for the fifth disappointment of the week. That's the Minnesota Vikings. They just did not seem to click whatsoever until probably after the half. But there were turnovers, kind of fumbles. Um, they look sloppy. They look slow. Um, they look disinterested. Can I tell you what they look like? Yeah. They look like Kirk Cousins. That's that's why they took the identity of the <laughs> fucking hater. No, well, I'm saying, a, that team was very average. They look, and at that point, they looked less than average. And that's kind of how Kirk Cousins played. He played kind of mediocre, and that's how the that's how the Vikings look. They look mediocre, and they're not a talented enough team to overcome mediocre quarterback play. So if if Kirk Cousins is going to play mediocre, they're gonna they're gonna be mediocre. Now, if he plays average, they're probably gonna be pretty average. That. The the story of the Viking season will be how good is Kirk Cousins. Were some of those drop balls um, behind the line his fault? The Vi- was it the offensive line? I've heard arguments about that in the past two days. Was Maybe. it the offensive line or was it him? I think just watching that game, it felt like Kirk Cousins was off. He had the bad red zone pick right before halftime. Yes, he there did. There were just throws that Kirk Cousins just – he looked it looked like he just wasn't his day. And if you look at how the Vikings played, that's how they played as a team was it just wasn't their day versus a team that should have been beatable in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They should have been a runaway winner just on, on paper. Yeah, no, they, they were a pretty big favorite going into the game. Uh, it was just, it was one of those things where you could kind of see immediately that the Vikings, there's just something off. They were, they were making plays. They were moving the ball offensively. They just weren't putting the ball in the end zone. Um, Who's your number five? The Pittsburgh Steelers. They got a lot of hype coming into the season, and Kenny Pickett looked really bad, and their defense got torched. Yes. Every, real quick, you told me about the preseason. You know, don't put that much into it. Boy, were you right? Put stock into Kenny Pickett being good in the preseason, and he looked awful. He he didn't look like an NFL quarterback versus the 49ers. Was it because of was it because his offensive line? I mean, I think it was a combination of them not having a great offensive line, which is one of the reasons why I was surprised people thought they would be really good. Like, I thought they might be good because Mike Tomlin's a good coach. They have a pretty good defense. But that offensive line is not a – that's not a contending offensive line at all. And then you look at Pickett. People – people I heard people talk about him playing pretty good last year. I didn't see it. That I saw him kind of slow, slow making decisions. He took a lot of hits. In this game, what happened? He looked slow in his decision-making. He took a lot of hits, and he didn't look like an NFL quarterback. He looked like a – he looked like a guy that was pretty athletic, but he – he kind of didn't really know what he's doing, and he couldn't process fast enough against like good NFL defense. Watching that game, it told me, okay, this is the time. This will be the season. Mike Tomlin has a losing season. Well, after that you, display. Wonder, you kind of wonder if they have a losing season with the a, combined with the fact that Pickett looks like he's not very good. I mean, maybe he gets better. It's hundred percent possible he gets better throughout the season. But if Pickett's not good and they have a losing season, do they just get rid of Mike Tomlin? Because at that point, like they need a hit. A ref- they need to hit the reset button, or some- they need to have some type of refresh. Do you think that the best refresh they could have is getting rid of Mike Tomlin? It depends if you could, if you can get a really good offensive coach. If you get an offensive, co- if they still believe in Kenny Pickett, and they want to go get a high level offensive coach to help him, then maybe they do it. To me, I didn't like Kenny Pickett to begin with, so I would try to, I would try to do some things to get more resources on offense and better players on offense. That's interesting. 
I don't I don't see how you could get rid of that rid of that guy at all. Yeah, I mean Mike Tom who Mike Tomlin? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't get rid of Mike Tomlin. I think he'd have a job immediately. But it's gonna have to they're gonna make a decision. Is it gonna be are you gonna keep Mike Tomlin? Are you gonna try to have him rebuild the offense? Or are you going to keep Kenny Pickett and try to find a coach to get the most out of him? Or right, take the team he goes to. If he is if he if he if they do get rid of him, the Rams. I Who? think Mike Tomlin Tom? is Hmm? No, Dave McVeigh. I I think as long as McVeigh wants to coach, he'll be the Rams coach. McVeigh only is is he's only there for one more year. That's what his contract is. Yeah, I I, I think McVeigh. I think he's going to stay in coaching for a while. There's I, no I think he will stay in coaching until he has another season where he at least gets to the playoffs and makes a run. I don't think he. I don't think he's going to want to go out as the worst defending Super Bowl champion of all time in this season. I know they beat the Seahawks, but they look kind of average. Like I, I think in general, don't, 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 don't jump ahead before I gotta get there. Okay, hater. Okay, I'm just saying, and I, mm, it wasn't a no really impressed with that Rams win. Well, I think that the Steelers could bounce back, and it's only because of their head coach. That's the only reason I say that. Yeah, I think he'll eventually figure it out, but their quarterback, he can't be as bad as he was, or it's gonna go south really fast. I don't even know who their backup is anymore. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's Mitch Trubisky, I believe. Still? Yeah. And that's an option you don't want to have to go to. No, not at all. That's a fuck quarterback, so I'm telling you. Mm. At least they're mobile. He wasn't running for shit. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I I, was never a big fan of Kenny Pickett. And he just, he looked like a quarterback that took too many hits and didn't have a great arm and couldn't really process fast enough. And what did that turn into? That turned into an ass whooping by the 49ers. Yeah. Okay. Well, if we're done with the top five, um, Disappointments, let's go to the top five surprises of the week. Number one, I got Tua Tagovailoa Tagovailoa for 28 and 45. Completions, 466 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. The man played great. He bounced back. He did very, very well. Surprisingly so. He did really well. Yeah, overall, I think Tua, he looked good. Um, uh, My concern still exists about him is whether he's going to hold up throughout a season. We saw last year that he had some of those big games in him. Is he going to be able to last through an entire season or through the first, basically the first part of the season when offenses are showing you new things they've added uh, throughout the offseason? Because last year, it, two things happened to him. He got hurt. He had concussion issues. And I think teams started to kind of figure out what Miami was doing offensively, and you saw him take a step back in his play dip. Well, whatever they're doing offensively now looks like it's working because nobody can, nobody can cover them. Whatsoever. Well, also, I mean, I want to, I want to see you do it against a more impressive team than the Chargers. The Chargers every year, they're playing games in which they're playing in shootouts. Their defense can't stop anybody. Herbert gets the ball late and can't win a game. That's a fact. That has been that has been the Chargers' MO since he's got there. Just with him alone, you are right. What do you have for number one? My top surprise was the Jets' defense. The fact they were able to recover after Aaron Rodgers. The, the emotional high of seeing Aaron Rodgers run out on the field, 
him being your quarterback, then him getting hurt and being able to put those emotions aside and be able to stop the Bills offense like they were repeatedly. To me, that, that was just – it was one of – Who's, who's was, the best defensive player on that team? Who's the best on the Jets? Best defensive player on the Jets, yes. Uh, I think a lot of people would say Sauce Gardner, but I think it's Quentin Williams. He's hard to block. He's an interior pass rusher. Agreed. I really kind of got after Allen and made him a little bit uncomfortable in the pocket. Agreed. I would say the same thing. And he's got more pizzazz to him. Well, yeah, anytime you have an interior pass rusher, they can get pressure so quick that it can just ruin a play. <clears throat> we'll get to the Jets later on. Um, but can you see their their defense being the best in the league? Yeah, I think the Jets could easily have the best defense in the league. It may not matter, though, because Zach Wilson's their quarterback now. It's one of those things where Zach Wilson, I don't think Zach Wilson – is the expectations for him jump. Like, this season, he's supposed to be a backup quarterback under Aaron Rodgers. And now he's supposed to be their – he's supposed to be the starting quarterback again. The savior. At this, point, at this point, he's just a failed, what, second pick in the draft. Yep. Well, I mean, if anything can get them over the hump, it's that defense. Yeah, I, I still think they're going to have to – I don't think the Jets need a great quarterback. They need somebody that can run an offense and they're not scared of throwing the ball, which, I mean – at this point, any back and quarterback, you're going to be scared of them throwing the ball. Right. But, and let me let me just elaborate on when I say the hump. If they can get over 500, they have a chance. Well, they were near 500 last year, and Zach Wilson was terrible for most of the year. I, I would say Zach or what Zach Wilson, Mike White, and Joe Flacco were terrible for most of the year, and they were near 500. Yeah. I think with the Jets, you just can you find one quarterback that over 500, get the ball out of his hands and complete passes, it just not be the reason you lose games. And at this point in the season, it's hard, but I, I don't really know what you do if you're the Jets. But get, you're, you're, in a, you're in a tough spot where you, I think you have a good team, maybe not like a high-level Super Bowl team, but you have a playoff team if you have the quarterback. And now they don't. Again, Again all that hope, all that belief, Aaron Rodgers was gone faster than 60 seconds. That's a great fucking joke. Anyways, number two, the Los Angeles Rams is my second surprise of the week. They played great. I don't care what you say about the Seahawks, but Pete Carroll knows how to get his team in shape. And I don't know what happened during that game, but the Rams outplayed them uh, to, by a mile. What, Seattle, lost both of, Seattle lost had, both of their left tackles, or they, left their, they lost their starting tackles. Their left tackle and their right tackle got hurt, and Aaron Donald teed off on them, and... Seattle just you can't. It's very hard to win without your left tackle and right tackle. There's very few teams that can actually do it. Very few quarterbacks that can actually do it. And the and secondarily, the Seahawks defense still stinks. They were supposed to be an improved unit, and as of week one, they might get better as the year goes along, and they probably will get better because Pete Carroll's are their coach. But their defense was bad, and they didn't have their two tackles on offense. I heard, I, I heard great things in, in training camp about how good the, that defense was in Seattle coming yeah, up the season. You have to worry about the defense whenever you add that many new pieces to it. It's usually never good early in the season. It usually takes to about the midway point for them to start to click. Okay, well, let me just break down real quick what the offense was. That offense for L.A. had 446 total yards of offense, 334 passing, 92 rushing, three touchdowns, they were 11 for 17 on third down conversions and one punt. You can win a lot of games like that. Yeah, my question is, is it repeatable, though, especially without Cooper Cup? 
who is dealing with hamstring issues. Like, do I think Tutu Atwell is going to have 120 yards receiving? Puka Nuka is going to have 120 yards receiving? No, I don't think both of them are going to have 120 yards receiving every week. Their third leading receiver was Tyler Higby, who had 49 yards. I, I just, I don't, I think it's a one week aberration for the Rams. Congratulations. Mm, but disrespect. I don't know how you just keep hating on Matthew Stafford, but. Well, I mean, I'm telling you, they don't have the. If Cooper Cup's not healthy, they don't have the pieces to make to to consistently repeat that performance. Here's Matthew Stafford after the game. Matthew Stafford and Aaron Donald. The coordinator said, "We may surprise a lot of people on Sunday, but we're not going to surprise anybody in this team." What did you know about this defense that the rest of us didn't? Um, that we was gonna fly around. Guy was gonna make plays. And, um. Do we did today. You know, we did that all camp. Um, guys show. Um, when I talked to you, like I said, um, I seen a lot of good things at practice. Now we got translated on Sunday, and we did that. So um, it's it's a good first start. We ain't there yet. We gotta keep working, keep getting better. Don't be satisfied. But it was a great start. Matthew Stafford, I've never seen Aaron Donald smile so much like I did just now. And you've had the same smile on your face. One, you said you feel great, you're healthy. But what else has you so excited about this 1-0 offense right now? Uh, I just love coming to work every single day, battling with these guys. Like AD said, man, there's been a lot of work that's been put in over the last few months. And, uh, you know, it's been showing up in practice, and it's just so much fun for these young guys to come out here. And it's a show up in the games, too. I thought Puka played unbelievable, 2-2. Man, everybody had their hand in it, guys up front did a hell of a job. It's uh, it's fun when it's clicking like that. Everybody's pulling for each other and playing hard. You guys sound like proud dads. Congratulations. Thanks so much for stopping. All right. He played great. Whatever you say, just because their offense on Seattle's part, their offensive line was not great or isn't great, that doesn't mean that Matthew Stafford was going to play great. And he did play great. You can't deny Congrats. that, right? Congratulations. You're, you, you beat Seattle in week one. You play San Francisco next week, and you're probably going to get your ass kicked. We'll get to that later. I don't think so. Um, who do you have for yours? Andy Richardson from the Colts. I thought he played very. I thought he played very well and looked way better than I thought he would. He he looked like a functional NFL quarterback, which is I was saying a lot considering he didn't have a ton of experience in college. He was extremely said, poised. Huh? He was extremely poised. Yeah, I thought given. Given some of the Colts' limitations, too, they don't have a ton of weapons on offense. Their second-leading receiver was something called Kylan Granson. He had four catches for 39 yards. Um, can, can I tell you who he reminds me of? Who? When I was watching him, a young Deshaun Watson. Well, to me, he looked a little bit like Cam in Cam's first game. Nope. Nope. When, Cam's first game in the NFL against the, Car- or, yeah, against the Cardinals back in, what, I think it would have been – 2011. Cam, Cam, when Cam played, there was something about his ability. His arm was a I lot. Mean, yeah, I can see that run. too. His his arm and his ability to run. I thought Richardson showed that the ability, the the explosiveness in the run it, when he's able to pull the ball down and run it, and his arm, it's uh, it's live. That I think once they start building and putting weapons around Andy Richardson, he's going to be really really good. Well, he went 24 for 37, 223 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. How many yards did he get on the ground? Ten carries for 40 yards and a touchdown. That's not bad. No, for a team that has issues like the like the Colts, they've had injuries and guys in and out in the offensive line. They don't really have many great receiving options. I thought he did a really nice job. Did the defense of Jacksonville get to get to him as much as you thought, or they didn't get to him at all? Well, I mean, they sacked him four times, but I think some of that's just because the Colts' offensive line is not very good. 
Right. So I'm saying if, if they had a strong offensive line, I mean, do you think they that would have been able to hold up to them, or is their defense that much better on um, Jacksonville's side? No, I, I think it's because the Colts' tackles aren't very good. Gotcha. I don't think the tackles that good. The four sacks Jacksonville had were from their defensive ends. They were just running around those tackles all day. Okay, so that was my third one as well. Um, wait, one, two. That was your second one. That was my third one. Who's your third one? Atua, actually. I thought he looked really nice coming out of uh, – I thought he looked really nice in week one coming off of the concussion issues he had last year. Uh, for me, just the biggest question is can he handle it for an entire season and can he – can his play stay consistent for an entire season? Those are the two things about the Dolphins. And if the answer is yes, they can they can contend for a Super Bowl. If not, then they're not going to. Well, I mean, who's going to stop them? Well, I mean, last year, the the two things that stopped them were Tua getting hurt. And then even when Tua was healthy towards the end of the season, his play did. Yeah, so you the need, only thing that can stop them is themselves. Two, uh, I would say it like this. I have not seen Tua put together a complete season yet. And usually that's... Usually it's very hard for an NFL player to put a complete season together in year four. You kind of are what you are by year four. Maybe he's able to do it. I don't think he's going to be able to do it. So that's kind of where I'm at. But at you least think he's not going to last the whole season? I don't think he can. Especially with some of the issues the the Dolphins have on their offensive line. I don't think he's going to be able to last the entire season. Okay, well, we're, we're basically the same on, on most of these surprises because you have Anthony Richardson. I have Tua. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that, that takes a good word. Um, we great also bo- went. Great minds uh-huh. think alike. Great minds think alike. Did you have the Jets win in the surprise or what? Yeah, that that was my number one. Okay, so we already talked about that. That's what I had for number four. Um, and my number five surprise, you may not agree with it, but I thought. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Late in the game, midway and late to the game, the New England Patriots really surprised me. In a good way. They showed an ability to grind out. And they even had the, the opportunity to actually win the game against the NFC champions. That showed me a lot, Jess. I think they played well. Not early on, you know, not even barely halfway middle, half, um, halfway through the game, but I mean, almost there, but it, they played well toward, down, down the stretch. Yeah. I mean, the, the Patriots, they're, you know, what Belichick, they're going to have a confident defense. The question is going to be, can Matt Jones put together enough on offense? And I mean, he kind of, it was kind of a interesting game. The Eagles got up, and the, then they let the Patriots get back in it. Um, I don't, I don't know. I want to see more of Matt Jones. I still, I still don't think he's that good, but maybe he's a little bit better, and they can, and maybe they can win an extra game and get into the playoffs. Yeah, I, uh, the the Patriots are a bit of a question mark to me. I will My, say that Robert Kraft needs to take over the drafting duties from Bill Belichick. His drafting well, history sucks. Besides, the, the, real, real quick, the, the, the only person that he's drafted that has been anything is Rob Gronkowski. Other than that, Tom Brady wasn't even his pick. It was Charlie Weiss's. Uh, they need, to give, they need to give those duties to somebody else like Robert Kraft or whoever the fuck he wants to put in charge of that. But he is killing Mac Jones' potential as a quarterback. Uh, well, yeah, that, that's definitely not where Belichick's strong. Uh, that's not where his strong suit is. And that's kind of my concern with the Patriots is that you're relying on Juju, who's been dealing with a little bit of an injury. And if you look at their offense in general, it relies on guys who have kind of had a history of being injured. And then you're 
all your two running backs. One of them is Ezekiel Elliott, who I don't think is going to be great the entire season. Right. And that my my fourth and fifth surprise were Baker Mayfield and then the Rams. So I give the Rams a little bit of credit this week, and Baker surprised me a little bit. I didn't. I thought he played pretty well against the Vikings. Now I don't think it's going to be anything long term. A lot like no. the Rams. I don't think it's going to be anything long term, but he surprised me in week one. I thought he was going to completely fall apart and throw it and just have an awful pick them game. With the exception of one, both of us are on the same the same wavelength on that. Surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, Baker just he was making some horrible throws. Jess, I mean the overthrown passes. Well, he's that, that, he, that's what you expect out of Baker Mayfield though. Well, to, to be fair, to be fair, um, he has not. The, the the Bucks have suffered from not having a running game for the past few years, three or four years probably. They're not good at the running game, so that puts a lot more pressure on Baker to do yeah, more than he needs to. If he had the running game to to back him up, if he actually got somebody like a Cream Hunt who's still on the free market agent, um, free market, free agent market to come in behind him and do the job, that team would actually be pretty damn decent. Yeah, I mean they they have some pieces offensively and. The- the part about Baker is he went, he played more like he did in 2020, and he was just protecting the ball. And when Baker protects the ball, he's a – I won't say good quarterback, but he is a serviceable enough quarterback. Okay, so to, to – to, to, you said protect the ball, correct? Yeah, not throw, not have the dumb picks. Yes, sir. So if he, would, if he was actually doing that on a consistent basis, the number one thing he would need is to have the ball out of his hands and give it to the running back. Well, also, he, what Baker does is he gives you a little bit more athleticism than what – Tom Brady did last year. Tom Brady just standing there like a fucking statue. Sure. But Todd Bowles and them need to get that shit under control. I don't know who's who's yep. signing these guys or how long their contracts are, but you got to get the right guys in there because I'm sure Kareem Hunt will probably sign for five, uh, $3 million and he'll be fine. The the Bucks inability to run the ball has really kind of cost them the last two years. I think it was an issue last year or in 2020 uh, – in 2021 – with Brady down the end, uh, towards the end of that uh, playoff, towards, towards the end of that season and in the playoffs, the yes. inability ball was an issue. And then last season, especially with a banged up O line, Brady, who at times you could really see his age showing, their their inability to help him and give him a stable run game was a real problem. And if they're unable to give Baker a run game, he's not going to be great for seventeen games. It's just not going to happen. Absolutely. Correct. Um, and that, that that's going to make it a lot more tougher down the stretch for, for Baker and them to win games. Unless he has a massive resurgence because Baker thinks he's, he's better than he is, and he's not. Well, that's part of the problem. That, that's why I was impressed with Baker is typically Baker in a game will have two or three throws where he throws really interceptable passes, and they actually get picked. In this game, he had a couple passes that were a little bit wild, but he didn't have the critical mistake that cost him the game. Facts. Um, or is just the inability for Minnesota to actually do what they were supposed to by a huge margin, and they collapse as well. I think that was also part of the issue, but I choose the think Baker just was passable for a game. I can give you that. Okay, so we have we've done the disappointments, the surprises. Now we're going to go with the I told you so. The how do you say they are who we thought they are? The Detroit Lions. I told you so. Number one, defeated the Kansas City Chiefs. I said it. They did it. Jared Goff has. Patrick Mahomes number for some okay. reason it just seems to happen that way whether regardless of the circumstances he's beaten him twice the first time in a shootout that was amazing on Monday Night Football in the LA Coliseum amazing this time in a in a tough game 
with so many factors that were happening all around us, and Dan Campbell should be the MVP of that game, to be honest with you. Um, the Lions beat the Chiefs, and it, it was a good game. Mainly disappointing because of the Chiefs, not because the def- not because the the, um, the play from the Lions, but because the play action from Jared Goff and the boys they they did damn well. But other than that, they played they played well. I did, I thought they played horribly. It, had they lost, they would have been my top disappointment. They were they were a couple Kadarius Tony drops away from being the the number one disappointment. I thought they played really bad considering the Chiefs are missing their best defensive player, their best receiving option, and the Chiefs had drops everywhere. Well, understand but, that the, please, their young their young running back, he's actually pretty good. Um, yeah, but, he, but he's also a rookie. He's a part time player. They're they're gonna keep giving reps to David Montgomery the entire year. I, the, I thought the Lions would look better offensively, but then you realize they're quarterback by Jared Goff, which, yes, Goff had a nice drive to end the game. He got him the lead. He did his job. But if you look at the Lions, people were really expecting them to be a serious team. They're going to come out. They're going to be a team that maybe contends for a Super Bowl. That's not what I saw against the Chiefs. I saw a team that beat a, a Chiefs team that was missing two key players, and it took an all-time bad game from the receiving core just for them to have a chance to win the game. I don't think that I don't think they're a serious team. I thought they could have been a Super Bowl contending team. I don't think they're a serious team. I think at best they're a they probably win their division because it stinks. But and maybe they get a playoff game because I, the NFC is weak in general. They're not a serious team. They're not beating the Cowboys. They're not beating the Eagles. They're not beating the 49ers. You can put that to rest right now. Right as of right now, you're right. As of right now, you're correct. Well, I, part of the part of that reasoning though is Jared Goff's their quarterback. I think you give I, th- I think you give him too much hate. Jared Goff has had one year where he was a legitimately like he had a I won't say great, but he had a legitimately great season. It was 2018. Last year he had a good statistical season. His team didn't make playoffs in their most important game versus the Panthers. Absolute no show versus a team that didn't have a quarterback. When, That's when fair. Jared Goff play, when Jared Goff plays good defenses and good teams. The odds are you're gonna lose the game. I hope he proves you wrong this season. He's not, and you should you should wish for that too, because again, I'm still going fairy tales to happen. The, but it's not I'm going still going with the Lions to win the division. Almost by default, yeah, because I I don't I want to see more from the Packers before I would change anything. I I don't the Bears as of right now their coaching looks to kind of be a little bit of a mess, and the Vikings. It's it's going to be Kirk Cousins. Does Kirk Cousins have a great year? Or does he have a bad year? Bad. Not not saying he's having a bad year, but well, yeah, he's so Kirk bad. Cousins. It's difficult, huh? And he's Kirk Cousins. He's probably going to have thirty touchdowns, eight picks, but he'll have really good games versus bad teams, and then when he plays good teams, they'll be up and down. He already lost a fifty-fifty game against the Bucks. Who's your I told you so for today for for week one? Uh, Deshaun Watson. He's not good. He sucks. What? I, I've been telling you. I, so hold, I, hold on. He's your. He's he's your he he goes into your disappointing player and and I told you so I've been saying this this is something I've been saying he doesn't look right God, last season, what is wrong with you last season he played in six games he didn't look good this week he didn't look good his he has almost half a season's worth of work to show he's not that good I hope he proves you wrong too well as of right now he kind of fucking sucks okay getting away from that hate my number two is Jimmy Garoppolo. The dude's a winner. He knows how to win games. He is the Alex Smith of this generation. And I used to... Oh, yeah, beat Russell Wilson. Huh? It really beat Russell Wilson. Yeah, it took a lot. No, I'm not saying that. 
but he managed a game well enough to win. And okay. I think that's fair. Sure. Okay. Um, and good for the Raiders. Good for the Raiders. I'm glad to see that, that they won a game and that should give them uh, a, a good boost. Also, I don't know what the update is for, um, uh, is it, is it Myers or Waters? That rookie who was catching all those balls, but boy, he did amazing. Um, uh, the rookie, he was a free agent signing, Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers, I'm sorry, uh, that that man, he plays amazingly. I don't know if he's still hurt because he got um, um, hit really bad during that game. Uh, yeah, no, that's the reason they signed Jacoby Myers, though. Jacoby Myers, he's coming from the Patriots. Uh, Josh McDaniels is familiar with him. He fits their offense perfectly, and he's going to kind of be in that Wes Walker, Julian Edelman type role. He's going to get a lot of targets. Maybe he won't have a ton of yards for reception, but he'll be a focal point of the offense. Okay, well, um, according to Paul Gutierrez from ESPN, the Las Vegas receiver Jacoby Myers is an NFL's concussion protocol, Coach Josh McDaniel said Monday, although he had no additional t- uh, details. Myers was hit in the head by an elbow from Denver Broncos safety Kareem Jackson as Myers slipped on the wet grass in the Raiders game ceiling um, ceiling drive of their 17-16 week one victory at Empower Field at Mile High. So I'm pretty sure he won't be playing this week. Does that usually go like that, Jess? If somebody's uh, in concussion protocol, does, do they play that following week? Uh, I it, I think it varies. But my, my guess is they probably won't play this week. I, that was a pretty bad concussion from what I remember. I think he probably doesn't play this week. That would be my guess. Okay. I think the NFL is also going to be more cautious about this than they were last year with Tua, who kept coming back from concussions and ended up playing with concussions, and everyone can obviously see it, and I think it made the NFL look real bad. So my guess is this season we're going to see teams be really cautious with concussions. Absolutely. Uh, that's an excellent point. Okay, um, even though you don't like my number two, who's your number two? I thought that was your number one. No, what? My number one is Detroit Lions. That's a, I told you so. Number two oh, was my, Jimmy Garoppolo. I told you so. Well, my number two was Russ Bain Cook. He's he's terrible. Nothing people, excited. People, I'm not even excited at, to watch him anymore. People will look at his numbers and think he played well. And I know he had some in, receivers injured, but to me, he still he looks he looks a little bit faster than he did last year. But he still looks slow. He looks sluggish. Yeah, he 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 doesn't have the same burst he used to have. And he's a checkdown master. He was 27 to 34 for less than 200 yards. 27 to 34, 177 yards, two touchdowns. He, he's a checkdown master. I mean, it just I don't really I can't. There's not really much more than that. That, yeah, yeah, he's playing with some backup receivers, and he's and he's in a new offense. To me, it's about when you watch a quarterback play. Like, I, I don't, I don't know how to say it other than maybe eye test guy. Take a breath, Jess. Huh? Take a breath. Well, I mean, I, I don't really know how to explain it other than trying to just be eye test guy, and he doesn't pass the eye test. But to me, Russ Wilson doesn't—he doesn't pass the eye test anymore. Kind of like how you were talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. And how I, I hate the term he's a winner, but like Jimmy Garoppolo, you see him play, and he's like, okay, he can manage the game. Sometimes he can throw the ball a little bit down the field, but like you kind of know what to expect from Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't really know what to expect from Russ other than kind of short passes and him occasionally running, but not really getting too far. You know, just at one point, he had the best deep ball in the NFL. He had the best rainbow deep ball in the NFL. It always looked so pretty, and it was always accurate. Now this is a show of a show. Of himself, and I think I think that's kind of what I was what I was trying to think of is when you see Russell the ball, I don't have the oh man, he's just going to rainbow it in there and make some crazy throw anymore. When I when I think of Russ, I'm thinking short passes, occasionally he'll try to throw it down the field, 
really in this game, he didn't seem to try to throw it down the field. He, I wonder if it's he kind of knows his arm strength has kind of diminished a bit. Well, see, and I'm trying to think of, okay, well, you know him and Sean Payton are complete, complete opposites. They're not the relationship that him and Pete Carroll had. Um, or, or even Sean Payton and Drew Brees. Drew Brees very much pick, pick you apart at the line of scrimmage, over the middle. That's not really what Russ does. Yes, and I think that Sean Payton himself is still trying to figure out Russell Wilson. He's trying to figure out what can I do for him to give us the best chance to win. Otherwise, this relationship with him will not last towards the end of the year. And I see Russell Wilson getting benched. And I hate to say it. I never thought I'd say that about Russell. Well, if I believe. He'll, he'll get benched. If I believe so, I think they paid Jarrett Stidham to be the backup, who he played a little bit for Oakland towards the end of the season uh, last year. But he did. He, He's now their backup, and they gave him a pretty decent contract to be the backup. So it's not impossible that if Russ is bad, they bench him, and they're just ready to cut ties, and they let Jarrett to the play a little bit to see what they have at quarterback. Okay, let's go to the next one. Um, and you're already at number two. Are you want to go to your number three first, and then I'll go to number three? Yeah, Derek Carr, he's average. Horrible. I was so disappointed. I expected so much more. He's the same Derek Carr. Occasionally he'll make a nice throw down the field like he did towards the end of the Titans game, which helped him win the game. But for the most part, he's going to be fairly average. Occasionally, he'll make some nice throws, and he'll get you thinking, oh, man, he's going to take the next step. But he's he's going to be average. And maybe it's good enough to win the NFC South this season. But that I, I told, I've I been telling you, he's just average. Yes, you have. And I was extremely disappointed. Um, just how really? <laughs> to be Dark Horse Super Bowl contenders. Yes. I mean, thank you. I mean, I, we, you and I spoke during the week. Keyshawn Johnson saying that, the New Orleans Saints are his dark horse to win the Super Bowl. And I'm like, what the fuck is he seeing that I'm not seeing? And me looking at it, what the fuck was he seeing? Just look at, okay, now on paper, Derek Carr went 23 for 33, 330, 305 yards, one touchdown, one interception. That's not bad. But if you just said it a second ago about Russell Wilson, about the eye test, watching him play, it was he like. Looked, he looked like Derek Carr. Like he. I don't care what his numbers are. He looked like he looked like the same Derek Carr I've been watching ten years. For 10 I can't years. say that. I can't say the same thing. I, I got to say he, it looked boring. There was no excitement. Not probably that he wasn't going to try to, but he was scrambling everywhere. I don't know if that's because Tennessee's um, defense is that good or, the, or their offensive line on New Orleans Saints is that bad. But he was running left to right, left to right, left to right, and he looked just panicked. The one thing I will say is he did take a couple more shots down the field. He also took four sacks in the game, though, which eventually I expect throughout the season that's going to regress, where Derek Carr will get hit more and more, so he'll start throwing it shorter and shorter, like he normally does every season. Well, Christian Olave played good in that game. Oh, yeah, Christian Olave is a stud. He's a really good receiver. Uh, Carr had the big throw to uh, Rashid Shahid to to really kind of ice the game for the Saints. But – he looked very much like Derek Carr, so that that's just that's just kind of my that that is that is my ultimate. I told him so. No, that's fair. Um, my third one is something that you pointed to earlier. It's just the Chicago the Chicago offense as a whole. Um, it looked. Would you say it's the most frustrating offense out of out of offenses to expectation you had for them? It was the most frustrating offense I watched all week. Absolutely, because it looked disorganized. Exactly. That you, what you I said a second ago, which is why I brought it up. Go ahead. I thought they had figured something out last year with Fields, and they, it's like they started all the way back to week one of last year. Yes, and, and that goes to what I was asking you about with the comparisons to Lamar Jackson. Was Lamar Jackson way ahead of this curve than he was already at this point? And you said yes. 
well, if that's the case, somebody's blowing it here. And if, and if they had to change offensive coordinators with the Ravens, they're going to do the same thing with the coaching itself to make sure this guy's a winner, or he's not going to he's not going to stay there. Well, and also some of it depends on how how good or bad the Bears are because the Bears might be in position to take another quarterback. So the Bears are going to be at a point this season where I wonder if somebody gets injured at quarterback, whether they'd be the, willing to trip because the Jets. You have to make a decision. Are we going to tank and try to get a top-tier quarterback, or are we going to try to win and maybe not get as high of a level quarterback prospect? I believe they also have the Panthers pick, so there is a chance they end up having two top-five picks. If they can't get it figured out, they could have two top-five picks. Well, you got to ask yourself, where's Justin Fields going to go? Yeah, I mean, I think somebody I think somebody would take a chance on the talent. The Bears the Bears have never been able to develop a quarterback in the history of the franchise. They've That's never facts. been able to. That's a fact. And, you know, I heard Colin Cowherd saying the other day, He's like, every Chicago fan is still going off of 1985. They're living in the past because they have nothing to go off of other than that. Well, and they keep hiring coaches that want to win that way. The one time they hired a coach that didn't was Matt Nagy. He made the playoffs two out of four seasons. I know he wasn't perfect and he had his issues, but they made the playoffs two out of four seasons. It was the best coaching run they had had since Lovey Smith in what, that probably 2006 to 2011 range? Yep. And they ran him out of the city because they couldn't figure it out with Mitch Trubisky, who we see – he went to the Steelers, a good organization, and he stunk. And <laughs> Matt Nagy was basically forced, okay, do I play this rookie and hope he's good to try to buy myself another year, or do I try to play Nick Foles and Andy Dalton and try to win as many games as possible? And, yeah, I don't think – I think Nagy had his flaws as a coach. But the fact is, two out of four seasons, he made the playoffs. Should have been three out of four, and he should have made it in 2019. But Mitch Trubisky just was – he was so bad that they missed the playoffs in 2019. And I just – I think the Bears are in no man's land. Horrible. Um, so my fourth, I told you so, is the San Francisco 49ers are the team to beat. I knew they were going to be great. I knew their defense was going to be great. Um, I knew that they had the, the the offensive power to do it, or at least position players. Questionable on the quarterback. But Brock Purdy played damn well. He had no hiccups whatsoever. Honestly, I hear the comparisons just probably just as much as you do. Um, and I hate to say it because it's so early and it's very disrespectful with when they compare him to Joe Montana, how he is just so fucking cool in the pocket. Nothing bothers him. He plays that way. The problem I have with Purdy is name the best team he's played against and had a good game. Facts. That that's fair. That's fair. But as of right now at this point, okay, let's just say excluding him, that's the best team in football. So I, I would put it like this. And it's hard to have that. It's hard to have that because you can't have everyone healthy towards the end of the season. Let's say the Chiefs played the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Everyone's healthy. Everyone's at – everyone's healthy. Everyone's playing. Everyone's at their peak. Who are you taking? Because I think it's a repeat of Super Bowl 54, except in this case, Mahomes has already seen the 49ers multiple times, and I think he would be able to pick their defense apart. I think it played really, out a lot. Do you really think so? Yeah, I think he'd pick their defense apart. Kind of like what happened last year when the Chiefs played the 49ers. Yeah, he threw a pick early. It didn't matter. They ended up scoring 40 points and just absolutely throttled the 49ers. And eventually what happened is the Chiefs got enough pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo to have him make a couple of mistakes. I think the same thing would happen with Purdy. Is Purdy hasn't really been in the situation where against a good team, he's had to be clutch. Well, Nick Bosa is fantastic, um, and that defense is great. Yeah, I, I think the 49ers are definitely a Super Bowl caliber team, especially in the NFC where there's not a ton of great teams. I think, he's a, I think, he's, I think the 49ers are a Super Bowl caliber team. I just don't trust the quarterback at all. Okay, I could I could I could agree with you. Maybe I'm giving Brock Purdy too much credit just because, you know, he did more than he had to and he still did it. 
or he did more than he needed to, and he still did it. I should say. Um, would you agree with that statement though? The Forty Nine yeah, the best best team. I want to see Brock Purdy do it against a team like the Eagles, where it's going to probably be a shootout, and he can outduel a quarterback like Jalen Hurts. Well, playing the way Jalen Hurts and the Eagles played just uh, this this weekend was was horrible. Um, yeah, it's it's week one though. It's week one. I think by the end of the by by the time those two teams play, we will get the highest level of them as long as both quarterbacks are team are relatively healthy. Okay, um, who's your fourth one? Justin Herbert. Disappointing again. I don't think Justin Herbert had like some terrible game. But he had the ball at the chance. He had the ball at the end of the game with a chance to win, and what happened? They lost. You're seeing a pattern. That Herbert has a chance in a lot of these games late, and for the most part, he's not going to win them. To your point, he's had a lot of big games, and I'm not going to say that this is a huge game, but it's a big game because it's Week One. I'll just put that out there. Don't forget what happened against the Chargers when they played the Raiders for that playoff spot. Do you remember that? Yeah, that was also against the Raiders. Yeah, and the Raiders won. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because well, the Chargers he, he wanted he to, the because the Chargers wanted to be stupid. Uh, he had the big try. He had the big drive to win the game, but then people forget they went to OT and they couldn't get anything done. Yep, exactly. And I think my issue kind of starts with, at least with Justin Herbert is that okay, well it's his O line, well it's his coach, well it's this, it's that. We've seen Patrick Mahomes win when he's been in, in circumstances that are less than ideal. Same thing with Joe Burrow. Same thing with Josh Allen. I would argue those are probably the three best quarterbacks in the NFL. And we've seen him do it when circumstances were adverse. Why is Herbert not being judged off that same criteria? Well, you figure Kellen Moore is supposed to come up with with the schemes to to get around Miami's defense. Is Miami is Miami's defense? I mean, they they added some some new people and they added some things in the offseason, but they have good pass rushers and they were able to get after Herbert. But when it comes down, your quarterback's got to make plays. Like that's every team. You're going to get yes. pressure on the quarterback, and it comes down to a quarterback being able to navigate around the pressure and score points late in a game to win. And Herbert had a chance to do it again. He didn't do it. You're absolutely right. Herbert has created a pattern that when it comes to the money on the line, he goes bankrupt every time. That's what I'm hearing, and I, that's what I've seen for the most part. I would that's agree. Fair. Um, I would who's your fifth one? Josh Allen, missed opportunities. I told you, like, I've, I've been talking about this. For a while, the 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 Bills had their window, and they couldn't win in it. And now the window's starting to close, and you're seeing you're seeing missed opportunities with Josh Allen. And that Josh Allen in 2020 and 2021 had two of the best years of his career, probably what will end up being the two best years of his career. And now you're seeing him kind of slowly decline and turn back into what he was, maybe closer in 2018 and 2019. He's not going to be that bad. He's still going to be an effective top five, top eight quarterback. They'll still make the playoffs, you're saying. Yeah, yeah, they'll, they'll still be good. But I don't know if it's going to be contending every year for the first Super Bowl or a championship. That's fair. and That's fair. Especially after the stuff you said earlier about it. I mean, that that's a legitimate argument. Um, So my fifth and final, I told you so, is Aaron Rodgers. To me, okay. he is the man who I've said he was for a long time. He's overrated and has never lived up to the hype, if you ask me. But he yeah, didn't, so, so I'm telling you. It's not like Rodgers just had a bad game. He blew out his Achilles. Brett Favre would have played on a fucking torn Achilles, blown testicle, and fucking blown asshole if he had the chance. Okay. Uh-huh. He would not be coming out of that game. And I've seen yeah. it for 20 years, and I've seen Rodgers come out of games multiple times throughout his career 
because of a fucking bullshit injury or a fucking legitimate injury. Either way. I feel like you're being a little bit too harsh there. I think you're letting your hatred for interrupt your show. Okay, um, let's go back to uh, – let's go move on to the best team in the AFC. I'm calling it Miami Dolphins are the best team in the AFC. As of week one, end of week one, who you got? It's still the Chiefs. I know they lost. It's still the Chiefs. It's 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 the easy answer, and it's also the right answer. If you say anyone else, you're wrong. That's fair. Um, best team in the NFC. Who do you have? The 49ers. I don't trust their quarterback at all. As do I. But I mean, at this point, they look like a more complete team than Philadelphia. Will it matter? I don't know. Uh, Jalen Hurts could easily just have a great game against them and beat them. But as of right now, I would say the 49ers are like the most complete team in the NFC. Um, worst team in the AFC, Jess, who you got? I think it's the Texans. Mm. They, they uh, just, a, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. They, they just look like a team with a young coach, a young quarterback, and they, they don't have a ton of skill talent. They, they, it looks like they're just going to be in for a rough year. Okay. You saying that? I give you that. That's fair. Um, no argument here, but mine. I had the Tennessee Titans. That's also, Audi, by, by my, huh? I'm sorry? Uh, that's also a good pick, too. They also look like they, they are ready for a top-five pick and new quarterback. Okay, Jess, so you saying Houston, would you say that the expectations on Tennessee are that much higher for that team opposed to Houston's, right? Yeah, I would say, I would say because Tennessee has every they, – they have what everyone thinks is the top-five coach from Mike Vrabel. Despite the fact they have a lot of limitations, that there would at least be a six to nine win team, they look like a four or five win team versus the Saints. They, Ryan Tannehill didn't look like an NFL quarterback. He threw three interceptions, just was absolutely awful. You talk about sluggish and slow. He was like Russell Wilson and Derek Carr and combining one. He looked that bad. Yeah, that's the thing though. It didn't surprise me because if you watch how he was playing to the end, if you watch how he was playing before he got injured last year, he was showing a lot of the same sides. This one was just, it looked like he's fully kind of just fell off the cliff. Absolutely. Absolutely. He was 60 for 34, 198 yards, and three interceptions. I'm not sure how many times he got sacked, but, oh, my God, it was such a I mean, horrible made, game. Bro, he, it made his performance look like, it, it made him look like Warren Moon fall for over 500 yards. Didn't they, th- <laughs> yes, didn't they throw, didn't they uh, draft a um, a quarterback themselves, the, the Titans? They have two of them. They drafted Malik Willis in the third round in 2022. And then this in this 2023 draft, they drafted Will Levis out of Kentucky in the second they, round. They need to they, they need to sit. They have two viable options who could take over for uh, Brian Tannehill. They, they need to, they need to sit Tannehill immediately. He did not look good whatsoever. And you no, know, God bless him. Honestly, he deserved the money he got because he's kept them in contention for for several years now. Very very. They, they, they had three years. Yeah, 2019, 2020, and 2021. You had a three year window with Tannehill. It looks to be over though. Yes, I agree. But he did his job to get his money. Honestly, that's how I feel. Yeah, um, I, it's just, I think he did exactly what Ryan Tannehill was supposed to do. It's time, I think, to move on from it now. And, and Mike Vrabel has got to go into that quarterback room this week and say, look, I love you. If you can't do it, though, if you're not feeling up to it, if you're feeling some type of way about your own body or your own gameplay and you're, you're mind-screwing yourself, I need to put somebody in there who can do it. It's no disrespect to you. What we have to win as a team. It can't just be about you going through your own stuff. Is that not fair? Yeah, no, I, I think I thought it, I think it's 100% fair. Okay, um, worst team in the NFC. I have the Seattle Seahawks. All that talent and nobody could execute anything whatsoever. Geno Smith is yelling and running for his life against the Los Angeles Rams defense. Oh, my God, he's coming. Talking about Aaron Donald. Um, I know some people will say Chicago, but there's so much talent on this team 
they should not have lost or lost that bad to the Rams. Yeah, I would argue, though, that Seattle, you know they have talent, at least. that They have actual talent that you think can they – have, they have enough talent you think they can actually turn it around. Like, they, they have DK Metcalf, you have Tyler Lockett, Jack Smith and Jigba, Kenneth Walker, Geno Smith. Like, they, they have the pieces to turn it around. My worst team I picked for the NFC was Carolina Panthers. They they look like they don't have any talent. They're off no. the line. Bad. Their defense is a mess, and it looks like they. It looks like it's going to be a rough year for Bryce or Bryce Young, the number one pick, because they can't protect him and he doesn't have receivers to throw to. Not to mention just that the look on his face. He looked like he was frightened. He had no confidence. And that, that's why I'll go back to C.J. Stroud for the Texans, who we, I, who I picked as my worst team in the AFC. At least with C.J. Stroud, I saw some things where he, it didn't look like it was too big for him. It just he has no talent around him on the Texans. Whereas Bryce Young, he looked, he looked like the worst quarterback. And that was that was some of the talk coming out was that the coaches like Stroud more, but ownership and management like Bryce Young. Right. And well, I that's thought fair. Week one looked like. He was more ready to play than Bryce Young. Okay, well, that does it for the rest of week one review breakdown. Let's go to our week two predictions after this break. Take a quick break real quick, Jess. And we're back from break. Um, Jess, let's go ahead and wrap this up and go to uh, our week two predictions. So first game that's up is between the Vikings and the Eagles, which is tomorrow. Who do you have? I expect the Eagles to stomp the Vikings. I I don't know if the Vikings are going to be able to stop the Eagles' offense, and I – I think the Vikings are going to have issues with the Eagles' pass rush. You said the Vikings are going to have problems with the Eagles' pass rush. Yep. that I think it's going to basically play out how it did last year. I don't see that happening. I'm going with the Vikings. Ooh. Um If Kirk Cousins is on it. If he's not, then it's the Eagles okay. by a small margin. Uh-huh. And I expect this to be a low-scoring game, or at least a low margin of win game. So somebody's not going to win by, by a lot. Also, you got to remember Kirk Cousins in prime time. That's X. Um, next is Ravens and Bengals. Interesting game. I'm going to go with the Ravens in this game. I, I I think the Ravens will be able to kind of run the ball on on the Bengals, and I think I think the Bengals a lot like last year. The first two weeks they're going to be a little bit slow starting, so I, I think Ravens are going to get this one. I think they'll be able to lean on their run game, and I think Lamar's going to make enough plays in the past game to to get them into the mid twenties, and I think the Bengals will be a little bit sluggish offensively again. Uh, this is a fifty fifty game for me. I am not sure who's going to win. Um, I would say the Ravens, but for the exact same reason you said. But I think Joe Burrow is going to want to come back and try to prove something to the haters and say, look, this is what I got. I got all these guys on offense. I'm going to show you why they're on this team because I can make them do this. I think something to that effect. But also, um, Joe Burrow has never beaten Lamar Jackson. Well, also, to, to point it, the Ravens defense has had a pretty good answer for the for the Bengals offense. They nearly beat the Bengals with a backup quarterback last year in the playoffs. Yes. I just I think if the Ravens defense is able to slow down the Bengals offense again, I don't think they're gonna the Ravens offense is gonna be held back by Tyler Huntley. I think Lamar will drive him full steam ahead and they'll be able to at least get in the mid twenties. Okay. Um next is um C- C- um the Seahawks versus the Lions. It's a fifty fifty game for me as well. I think a lot of people will be on the Lions to win this game, especially because their pass rush is really good and the Eagles or I mean the Seahawks have question marks at left tackle and right tackle. For that reason, I will go with the Lions. I but I I would this would be my upset alert pick. Um I'm going and, with you for the upset. I'm going one and one. It, yeah, my upset alert would be Seattle over Detroit, but I will pick Detroit because 
I believe the Packers will give Seattle trouble. But I, it just feels like everyone's going to bail the Lions after their win. And that usually – it's usually teams disappointing that next week. No, you know what? I'm going to go with the Lions. I'm going with the Lions for executive, for what you just said because that guy who was on defense who was going after Mahomes nonstop, he was everywhere the other day. Um, I guess – and you said that, that Geno and the Seahawks have lost two offensive linemen. Then, then he's screwed. Yeah, well, that, that's my if, – if Seattle had a healthy O-line, I think Seattle wins this game. The fact they don't, I think it might be one of those games where the Lions have five or six X. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with the, the Lions then. Um, next is the Colts versus Texans. I will take Indianapolis. I think Indianapolis has a few playmakers on offense, and I think Anthony Richardson himself is enough of a playmaker to get them over Houston. And I, I think this will be a low-scoring game. Give me 20 to 17, last second field goal for Indy over Houston. Give me 23 20, Houston. Late turnover gets them the field goal. <laughs> yeah, this one's interesting. This is, this, these are two rookie quarterbacks playing. So a turnover, a turnovers, anything like that's probably going to decide the game late. Um, next is the Bears versus Bucks. Interesting game here. I mean, all the week, two's games have just been fucking almost to me on that line of, uh, of you don't know who's going to win. Um, Bears, Buccaneers. I mean, if, if it's not the Bears, they got real problems, but I also think they have real problems. So I will go Tampa Bay over, uh, over Chicago 17 to 16. I think the Bucks should win, but I'm going to go with Justin Fields rushing for, um, three to four touchdowns in a, in a monster game with about 250 yards rushing and no throwing touchdowns, and Baker throws four interceptions. That's also possible, too. I, I just, because you figure, if Baker's overthrowing so many people, he's not going to have time for his team, if once they're up, to run the ball out. It's dot, 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 or the drop, thing, drop, drop. The one thing I will say, though, is the Bears don't have a great pass rush, and if they're able to let Baker sit back in the pocket, I do think he can, even if it's check down type stuff, he can kind of pick them apart. Well, Mike Evans is the only part on, on the offense that I think is... is Yes, yes, yes. Chris Godwin as well. Um, there is a saving grace that can that can help him whatsoever. But if you're right, if he does, see, and that, that just makes me question my my pick again. But I'm gonna go with just Justin Fields with um, three to four touchdowns, rushing touchdowns for 275 yards. Um, Chiefs versus Jaguars. Uh, I Chiefs over the Jaguars. I'll go 31-23. I think Mahomes gets right. I think Kelsey has a touchdown. I. I think the Jaguars. I, I think the Jaguars will score late to make it look closer than it is. I, I'm not. I know Calvin really had a great game versus uh, the Indianapolis Colts, but I think the Chiefs have the benefit of Andy Reid kind of knowing Doug Peterson and them running a similar offensive scheme as the Chiefs. And not only that, I, I'm not in love with the Jaguars playmakers. I think the Chiefs, who have this will be the third time they played them in the last year, I think they'll be able to kind of key in on that. Kind of similar to how the playoff game was, except it, I'm not expecting Mahomes to have a severe ankle injury. I'm going with the Chiefs as well. Um, Packers versus the Falcons. This game, excuse me, it's, um, it hurts me a lot because mm-hmm. Jordan Love, I think he's a good player. I think he can, he can win this game easily. What makes me question this game is whether or not they're going to sit Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter. I've seen a lot of people um, comment um, re- reporters talk about how the front office is not happy with how he's playing or how he played, um, which tells me, Jess, you know what time it is. It's Heineke time. Um, and I could see Heineke coming in and throwing the ball down the field. 
that was a huge concern I heard from some of the, the members of the press talking about their observations and analysis of Desmond Ritter, that he is not throwing the ball down the field. He's not, you know, showing out the way he should. Well, the guy to do that is their backup they signed for $20 million is Taylor Heineke. This low-key is an important game for the Falcons because them being able to start out 2-0 and in a division we kind of expect there to not be one breakaway team, That it could be a big game. Yeah, this one's just so interesting to me because if the Packers win it, they start 2-0, and and maybe Jordan Love looks okay, and you start to think maybe the Packers might be better than we thought they were. Yes. I think I will take the Packers to win this game. I think it'll be something ugly like 16-10. to 10. So what do you think about my me saying that about Heineke? Do you think that's a possibility that they actually do put him in there because Desmond Ritter is not playing good? I think, I think there's a chance they play Heineke, but I don't think it would be until maybe week four. Okay. I think they'll try to give him a – I think they'll try to give uh, – let's see. They, in week three, they play, they play the Lions. They then go – to London to play the Jaguars, and then week five, they play the Texans. I think they will give Desmond Ritter at least four stars. Okay. Well, that's where we're both going Packers in. Um, Raiders versus the Bills. Upset week. I'm pulling for the Raiders. Bills. It's going to be the Bills. I think they're going to come out with a purpose. I don't think the Raiders' defense is that good. I think part of the reason they looked okay was because they were playing Russell Wilson. Uh, I mean, maybe Josh Allen has another game where he turns the ball over four times, but I, I expect the Bills to kind of unleash – their anger all over the Raiders, and I don't really expect the Raiders to have much resistance. Yeah, I'm going for the Raiders. I think that their um, receiving core is just strong enough, um, and they have more weapons, honestly, than than I think the Bills has on offense. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go for them. Their defense may be a little bit weaker compared to the Bills, but I'm still going Raiders all the way into this game. Next is Chargers versus Titans. This looks to be an ugly game, to be honest with you. Um, Chargers are going to destroy the Titans. I will, I'm actually going to go Titans with an ugly victory. You're I fucking think, kidding me. I think Derrick Henry will go for 150 yards in this game. It'll be one of those 19 to 16 wins where it makes no sense why the Titans won. Herbert's going to throw for like 300 yards, and it it's going to be one of those classic Chargers games. How did how did you lose that game? Like how the fuck did you lose that game? That's fully what I'm expecting out of the Chargers. I think the Titans won a close one. Well, they're going to fire their head coach then. Well, that, I mean, they probably should after that performance versus the Dolphins. He's supposed to be the defensive guy. Facts. And if that's the case, bring in Phillip Rivers. Um, 49ers versus Rams. I'm going, I'm going go Rams. For, I'm going to go 49ers easy. I think they blow out the Rams. I think that the defense is, is matches up well against the 49ers defense. And I think that the offense on the L.A. side is a lot better than the 49ers offense. And primarily because their quarterback – if Matthew Stafford is looking this healthy and we know what he's done in Detroit with bums, he's going to dot this team up. Yeah, and I'm, I'm telling going you Rams was, all the way, baby. I'm telling you that was an aberration and the 49ers about to stop the Rams. You said that was never a what? I, I'm, I'm telling you the Rams game last week was an aberration. 49ers are about to stop the Rams. We will see. Okay, the Giants versus Cardinals. Sloppy game. I'm picking the Cardinals. The Giants should win this game fairly easily. No. Like Chargers State. After, no. After the Cardinals what Dobbs did last week? Dobbs kept him in that game. I'm going I'm going the Cardinals all the way. The Giants were just so bad last week. You can't possibly be bad that again that week, but I'm not a big Daniel Jones fan. I think this is a sloppy game. It's like 13-10. I think Cardinals squeak away with a win. One of their I few just, wins this season. I think they But you said the Cardinals? Yeah, I'm taking the Cardinals. Oh, okay. I thought you said the Giants should easily run away with it. Yeah, yeah, no, I common logic would tell you that, but I just I don't trust Daniel Jones at all. 
Okay. Jets versus Cowboys. Cowboys, easy. I mean, I I don't think the Jets have any chance in this game. Same here. Um, Commanders versus Broncos. This is a toss-up game to me. It's the Commanders. They're going to win. I, I I think it'll be ugly. I think it'll be a low-scoring game. I think they'll win, though. I, I'm going to go Broncos just to, just to back up Russ. Um, I, I, I trust the playmakers and the Commanders' defense more than I do maybe the Broncos' defense. I think that's probably the difference. Okay, if, um, oh God, you're making me change it because I'm thinking about you got Robinson, they got, um, oh my God, huh? Terry, they got, you know, all these weapons on offense. They don't, the fucking commanders just need a fucking quarterback. Um, I'm, I'm gonna go commanders in. I have to, go, I have to go against Russ, but yeah. You, you also got to take into, into account that, at least from a defensive standpoint, the enemy's seen the Broncos quite a few times. That I know they have new coaches in there. But I believe the defense coordinator is actually Vance Joseph, who used to be the head coach of the Broncos in, like, what, 2019? Yes. He, the enemy has seen this guy multiple times, and I think he's going to have a game plan to at least get them 20, to 20 points. Well, I will say the, uh, the Washington Commanders did not pep up their offensive line, which has severely needed help for the past three years, which is why other fucking quarterbacks are getting hurt. Um, oh. So that tells me. If if the Broncos defense can can hold up and go after the quarterback, it's going to be an ugly game, and Russ might win. Um, next is Dolphins versus Patriots. The Dolphins should win, which is why I'm taking the Patriots. The Dolphins should win, and they should absolutely light up the Patriots. But I can just feel a Bill Belichick two of those two or three. <laughs> he throws for like 300 yards, which those for two or three picks, and it's just an ugly game that Matt Jones just throws a couple touchdowns and they win. That's fair, and I can see that the the tide turning, as or the tide's flipping, and how remember the the Dolphins used to ruin the Patriots' success every year or the their the playoff spot. I could see that yeah. happening with the Patriots doing that to the Dolphins just in their in their record itself. Yeah, and, and if there's going to be a team that's going to give the Dolphins trouble, uh, trouble, it's going to be a team like the Patriots. It's going they're going to disguise their coverages and they're going to find a way to get free blitzers and pass rushers onto us. Right. Um, okay. So for the game of the week, for the first Monday night football game, the Saints versus Panthers. Sorry. Saints versus Panthers, who we got at Monday night football at 6.15 Central Time. I will go with the Saints because the Panthers look so bad. I I think the Saints can play pretty bad or play even pretty conservatively in this game. I am saying 35-21 Saints. I think the Panthers are going to have a hell of a showing just because of the crowd. But other than that, they're not going to catch up to the to the offense of the Saints. If Derek yeah. Carr can actually get it going and flowing, they're going to win. I just don't think they have that many playmakers on their offense. They just they look so lifeless last week against the Falcons. I think the Saints win this pretty easily. They did. Um, and last but not least, the game of the week for sure. I think, in my personal opinion, the Browns versus Steelers. Because, and I say that because what are you going to get? You don't know. Is Deshaun Watson going to step up and be the Deshaun Watson from several years ago? Hopefully. Are the Steelers actually going to come up with a quarterback pep talk that it's going to get him in the right mood to to say this is this is what we're going to do? T.J. Watt was all was caused two fumbles last week against the 49ers. What's he going to do against the Browns? Browns also have a missing right tackle, Jack Conklin, a leg injury. He's out for the year. Well, there you go. I think this is going to be a low scoring game. I'm going to go with Cleveland just because I, as bad as Deshaun is and has played over his last what six or seven games, I think he's a better quarterback than what Kenny Pickett is who Kenny Pickett did not look like an NFL quarterback last week. Okay. And I, I believe you can trust Deshaun to be more of a professional-looking quarterback than Kenny Pickett. So I will go with the Browns. That's fair. 
Well, that wraps it up for week for the week one review of the NFL and week two projections. Jess, I appreciate your time, and I look forward to, uh, to hearing from you next week. I'll talk to you through the week about the games and what you know, whatever else we got to. But um, great show, and we'll speak soon. Okay, can't wait for uh, episode three. Sounds good. Okay, Jess, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks everybody for listening. Follow us on all social media, FinFlam Sports. We're on TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, wherever we, you can be found. We're there. Thanks for your support, guys. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Referendum Podcast brought to you by FinFlam Sports. We would like to invite you to like us on all social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, wherever you can find somebody, we're there. TikTok. Please like, subscribe, follow, whatever you can do to give us your support. We truly appreciate it. We hope to see you next time. You don't stop happening in the world today. You don't. You don't. You don't. We need to make a change one day.